Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. I am your host, Jake, and with me is Alan. Hello. And Fred. Hi there. And guys, it's, uh, the, the Braves are making it easy for us because they're wrapping up these series before we, we record on, on Thursday nights. Um, hopefully they can do that again next week, but it's, it's great. You know, the Braves are advancing on to the uh, NLCS after sweeping the Marlins in three games, uh, which is great because, you know, while I enjoyed you know, them getting that series win in the wild card series, you know, deep down inside to me, it didn't really feel like they still had gotten over that hump because I think this is the real postseason here. But they do get through the, the NLDS and do so quite easily. Honestly, the, the last two games of the series were probably the two most boring games I've watched all postseason, especially game two. But as long as the Braves are winning those games, I don't, I don't really care. Game one was the only one that really had, you know, any kind of back and forth action to it. But the Braves really just took care of business, you know, going back to game one. You know, the Marlins uh, scored four runs on Max Freed. They were up 4-1 in the third inning, and uh, things were looking kind of rough for the Braves. Uh, Twitter was was falling apart. Uh, and then they, they plunked Acuna. And after that, the Braves outscored the Marlins 17-1 to the, the rest of the series. They went on to win game one, 9-5, to uh, took game two, two to nothing, and took game three, Seven nothing. So uh, two shutouts. The Braves have shutouts in four of their five postseason games. Starting pitching, the thing we were worried about the most uh, was spectacular. Uh, again, Freed had his worst outing of of the year, and the Braves still managed to to win that game. Uh, Ian Anderson and Cal Wright, a couple of rookies, um, had great outings. Cal Wright was six shutout in Game Three, and Ian Anderson went five and two thirds in Game Two. Uh, and then the bull t- bullpen just continues to be dominant. So uh, pitching has really been key for the Braves in the postseason so far. You know, we were kind of talking beforehand, and there's only three players on the Braves right now with an OPS over 800 in the playoffs now. Uh, limited sample size of the five games. Uh, but Marcelo Zuna has the fourth highest OPS this postseason is 636. So um, the Braves offense really hasn't even gotten going except for in spurts here and there. Uh, and it's really been the, the pitching um, that's carried them in the postseason so far, uh, which, you know, I think if we we said that before going into the postseason, uh would have sounded a little crazy. But um, it really has been the, the pitching um, that's carried this team, uh, which is great. Great news for the Braves, great news for, for Braves fans, because that's how you, you have to get it done in the postseason. And it certainly, you know, sets up the Braves to feel confident about, you know, their top three starters going into what will now be a seven-game series. We're going to go ahead and assume that it's going to be the Dodgers. No uh, no offense to Padres fans. I'm certainly rooting for a comeback in that series. Uh, but we feel pretty confident that uh, the Dodgers are going to close it out uh, on this Thursday night. 
But Alan, I'll go to you first. What were kind of your overall thoughts of on the the series with the Marlins? First thought was a virtual standing ovation for the Braves. Hats off to them for a job well done. They needed to do this in a sweep. They did it in a sweep. And now they've got the weekend to get themselves rested up, reconfigured, look at video, do whatever they need to do to get ready for the Dodgers probably. And I can't be more happier to see what they did this week. The thing that I uh, look at the most in terms of overall feel of this is that it was a team with experience in the playoffs. Granted, it hasn't been a very good experience uh, last couple of years, but a team that was still experienced in, in getting to the playoffs versus a team that was not experienced. Lots of little things that happened that the Braves took advantage of in terms of little uh, mental mistakes by the Marlins or just looking like they're comfortable out on the field. But, and I think that did make a difference in, in some places. There's one fielding play notably that uh, that happened yesterday's game that Dick Markakis was able to exploit uh, one of the, the Marlins runners, just, just one example. Sure, there were a couple of errors here and there, but by and large, nobody panicked at any point on the Braves' side, and I, I do think that had a, uh, a, a bearing on, on potentially the outcome here and there because – Atlanta took advantage of at least most, now yeah, I won't even say most, some of the opportunities that they were afforded. Uh, granted, this is still a team that's not really hitting, but at the same time, I think that, uh, they've probably faced the, the most difficult pitching that just about any other team has faced in this entire playoff tournament so far. So we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about the Dodgers, but I think that may uh, help them next week as well. We'll we'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm very pleased with what I saw, uh, happy that it's done, happy that it's over, and and they've given themselves the best shot they can to, to take on a, a very formidable-looking Dodger team. And Fred, I mean, it seems silly to say now, but you know, going into the series, the Marlins scared me a little bit just because they always played the Braves so close. I mean, the series was 6-4 in the regular season. They kind of do all the fundamental stuff right, and they can pitch well. But uh, the Braves really just dominated uh, this series. Yeah, a couple of things here. I think Mattingly didn't help him a lot in the first game. The lineup he put out there wasn't really – I thought he hindered them more in the first game than he helped them. And then when they when the Braves did come back from that – Four four run lead. Uh, it was almost like the Marlins could see the train coming, uh, and then they couldn't stop it. And then the two, the next two games, uh, Anderson had that first inning, and all the other pundits were going, "Hey man, you know he's going to have trouble getting through three innings because he's really." The, and then he did eleven pitches, fourteen pitches, eleven pitches, and he pitched five and two thirds innings uh, before uh, Snip came and got him because Brian Anderson has Ian Anderson's number. And he didn't want him up there with, with runners on base and it nearly backfired. But that's neither here nor there. Ian Anderson uh, showed me something coming out of that first inning. I was really pleased with Ian Anderson. I, I was pleased with Kyle Wright, even though uh, what what happened today wasn't really his fault. The balls weren't hit hard. They sort of snuck through a little hole here, and they snuck through a little hole there. And then he walked a guy, but he uh, he he got a hold of himself out there. Uh, whether it was Darno or whether it's Kranitz going out and say, take a deep breath, uh, you know, uh, you're still here and you've still got the stuff, go get him. And then he turns around and gets the next 11 guys. Um, so he's inconsistent sometimes, but once he decides he can throw strikes, 
to anybody, he's fine. The bullpen wasn't really tested. Nobody stressed anybody except O'Day after he plunked the guy. But I, you know, the, the, for me, the the stars of this thing were, of course, Darno, who nobody seemed to be able to get out. Um, Swanson came through with a couple of homers. Freddie uh, today said, "Hey, you know, you've been telling me all day I haven't got any hits. How about this? I'll just double and single and drive in some runs and score a run or two. And uh, so, the top five or five or six guys in the lineup really did really well. The bottom struggled at times. I know that they got a hit here and they got a hit there and they got a run here and they got a run there. But uh, Marcakis worries me a bit. But I was still. I mean, I know there's nobody to replace him. Yeah. But I, I really liked the pitching. I thought the pitching was what held it together, and I think that's going to be have to be the way it goes next week because you're going to see Bueller, you're going to see Kershaw, you're going to you're going to see uh, uh, Dustin May, um, uh, maybe Tony Gonzalez, and, and those guys are really pretty good, uh, and their lineup is thunder all the way around, and they don't make silly mistakes. They've been to the postseason forever, and this is another season for them that they're used to playing. So. I think that uh, I, you know I was really proud of the guys, uh, particularly the uh, the young guys who went out and played. I just thought they did a magnificent job uh, of keeping their head in the game and doing things the right way. Yeah, no, certainly. Like like Alan said, you know, um, virtual high five, handshakes, claps, whatever to the team. I think it was a a great series. Um, they came in and did what they had to do. You know, they were obviously a heavily favored team, um, but like I said, I still thought it was going to be kind of a scrappy. Uh, series, especially when the Marlins took that 4-1 lead in game one. But the Braves, you know, were resilient. I don't know if the Acuna hit by pitch had anything to do with it or not. Acuna certainly wasn't, you know, the same after it. But the Braves got it done. They they took care of business. They they swept the Marlins and are on to the NLCS for the first time in, since 2001. So great, great accomplishment for this team. And especially after all they've been through this year with the, the losses they've had in the, the rotation and uh, the setbacks they've had in the rotation with some of their, their pitchers, you know, to, to be at this point and to really have three guys in your starting rotation that you can feel pretty good about, you know, and just a couple of weeks ago, uh, you, you wouldn't have thought that it is really, you know, a testament to the, to the team and the way that they've kind of just stayed focused through all of this. So yeah, really excited for the Braves, for the fans. Glad we get to continue to see Braves baseball for at least another week. Transitioning on from, from that, it's time to kind of look ahead and focus on the, the next series because it's going to be that, that next hurdle for the Braves. Um, getting back to the World Series, and it's going to be the Dodgers once again who are in their way. Um, when the Braves first made the postseason in 2018, they ran up against the Dodgers and clearly weren't weren't ready for them at that time. I still feel like, if I'm being honest, the Dodgers are a better team, but I feel like the Braves are a more prepared team now, especially you know offensively. Even though I said it's been the pitching that's carried us in the postseason, so I, I think they they certainly have a, a chance. Against the Dodgers, I wouldn't consider them to be huge underdogs by any means, but I think most people will consider them uh, underdogs in that series. Uh, the Dodgers have been a fantastic team all year, obviously the best in the, the National League, maybe the best in, in all of baseball. 
so it's going to be a tough series, but I feel like the Braves are also playing some of the best baseball that they've played all year, and they're a, co- a confident bunch. So uh, I think it's going to be a good series. Fred, I'll go back to you, and I kind of want to start off, you know, what are your concerns for the Braves going into this series with the Dodgers? Well, I, I think playing in Arlington's good because they're, they're, the Dodgers aren't aren't uh, at home and in Dodger Stadium, and Dodger Stadium is a factor in in playing them. Also, we're not playing them with time distance travel. Uh, you know, we've we've played the Dodgers before in the past. We've had to travel to the West Coast, and that that's hard, uh, especially after a 162 game season. Both teams have been settled in one place. There's no prolonged travel. There's no um, time lag or any kind of thing like that. And I think that works in favor of the of the uh, um, Braves in this game, or makes it better for the Braves. Not necessarily works in favor for them, but makes it better for the Braves than if they had to fly back and forth coast to coast. What the Braves have to do this is time is what they had to do. What I said they had to do with the Reds, and they did very well. You don't walk anybody. You make them hit the ball. You don't make it. You don't give away any extra outs to anybody because the Dodgers will take advantage of the extra outs. The defense has been tight so far. We haven't made any errors that seriously hurt us yet. The pitchers have been good. That walks away down. Some of the balls that uh, were missed, swung out, and missed today, won't be swung out, and missed when you have uh, Betts and, and Bellinger and, and those guys in the lineup. So you got to pitch as well as you did. They're not unbeatable by any means so it's more a focus and a belief and just keep go out there and do what you do don't try to be more than you are i i think we're going to match up well with them i don't know how we're going to come out of the series i don't think anybody gets swept in this series uh and i expect it to go you know uh, five or six games anyway so I, I i want it to be a good series but i like you i sort of think the depth of the of the dodgers uh, all the way around is good on the other hand, if we can get into their bullpen at the end of the game, hey, we got a chance because their bullpen at the back is not really all that strong. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I definitely think, you know, like I said, I think the Dodgers will be the favorites, Alan, but I think it's a much closer matchup, you know, than a lot of people will think, um, you know, based on the way, the way the Braves are playing right now. I don't think the uh, media is going to give the Braves much of a chance, but that may work in their favor as well as coming in as uh, underdogs and, and maybe with a little chip on their shoulder too. This will be different, though. This is not a Marlins team that uh, is just happy to be here. This is a Dodger team that's been denied a few times, and they're not going to be satisfied with anything less than a World Series title, and they're built for it, obviously. The, the trick is going to be that uh, they're going to – these pitchers are going to have to be told, look, you've been essentially perfect for the first two series. Don't worry if you give up some runs here and there. That's what these Dodgers do. Okay. Just work on damage control. We'll do and stick with your stuff. Your stuff is going to work. And if they continue to do that consistently, then they'll at least keep the, the Braves in the game, and that's what they need to do is to do that and see if the uh, if, if the offense can can score enough runs for them. I've got some thoughts about the offense that we might talk about later, but so I don't want to uh, blow that now. But uh, I I do think that we've clearly got some space to do better with our with our offense, and they're going to have to do better because the Dodgers are going to do so uh, for sure. I I think that. Defensively, these teams are essentially on par with each other. 
I think in, in terms of pitching, the Dodgers are not as formidable as they had been in the past. Their, their starting pitching is, is less than it was. The Braves are, are doing fabulous. I mean, imagine if the Braves weren't playing with two arms held behind their backs at, at this time of year. Man, that, that would be sweet. But the, the real trick is going to be they're going to have to do essentially what they did this weekend, which is win the games they need to win early and then piece it together later with enough pitchers to to get through another game four or five scenario, perhaps, if it gets to that, and then see what happens. Now, all that said, my wife thinks that the Braves are going to sweep, so there you go. <laughs> well, I like that optimism for sure, but, yeah, I think they definitely, you know, face a, a tough challenge in that, but, you know, as you talked about, we can get it to it now. You know, the Braves' offense, you know, on paper hasn't, been great necessarily in this postseason they've had some moments of of greatness but you know for the most part you look at their overall or individual numbers you know not a lot of people are are hitting right now and obviously you know small sample size in five games and they've gone up a lot against a lot of great pitchers but they're going to go up against a lot of great pitchers in the next series too so still kind of waiting on that that offense to break out and Fred who are some you know, some individuals in the lineup that, that the Braves are going to need to kind of break out in the next series. The guy who's going to have to break out for us is, is the, is the battery of the team. That's Ozzie Albies. Uh, we saw some signs today. Uh, he, he's, he got a couple of really, really sharp knocks today. Uh, we're going to need Albies, Ozzie to be Ozzie. And if Ozzie's Ozzie and Acuna's doing his thing at the top of the lineup between those guys, I don't want to call them opposite poles or battery because they're not. They're 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 just like two separate stores of energy that make the team go. And when when those guys are going, the guys behind them do a lot better. Uh, Ronnie's been good. Freddie showed him today. Hey, I, I know I've been quiet, but hey, they didn't need me. Uh, Ozuna's been hot. Darno's been scalding hot. Um, Ozzy hasn't been as hot. If he heats up, then he makes everybody behind him better because he's on base causing trouble. I need Adam Duvall to hit right-handed pitching, please. Okay. Uh, he saw a left-hander today and remembered he could hit, and then he, he crushed he crushed one off of Taylor. Uh, and, and so I just need him to remember he can hit both sides, but he saw the right-handed pitchers he saw over this series, just they just baffled him. He got into the bullpen a couple bits, but the, the good, good, riders, the, the good right-handers had him flummoxed a little bit. Uh, I need Mark Kakis to hit something besides, oh, excuse me, I hit that over the shortstop's head and got a double. I don't think that's going to happen, mind you. He's been the second half of the year, end of the year, Mark Kakis, where he's rolling over pitches and occasionally he'll, somebody will hang a, hang a breaking ball and he'll, he'll square it up. Uh, he, he's not going to get many of them. Uh, and uh, Riley, I want, him to make, I want him to make more contact, I, uh, more hard contact. Uh, I don't want him uh, going up there swinging so hard when he doesn't have to do it. Uh, he came up with the bases loaded uh, and and two outs, and he was up there swinging like he wanted to hit a 16-run home run. I need him to relax and just hit the ball like he was doing for a while, and then he stopped again. I need him to go back to doing that. For me, the bottom third of the lineup is going to be the difference. If the bottom third of the lineup, Duvall and Marquecas and Riley, do any kind of hitting at all, the Braves are really dangerous. If they don't, that's where that's where Bueller and May and Kershaw will go for outs, and they'll they'll get them. Yeah, no, I think I think Fred's right on point there, talking about the bottom third of the lineup. 
I'm not as down on, on Riley as Fred is, but Marquegas and Duvall have looked completely terrible uh, in the postseason. You know, Duvall has 11 strikeouts and, and 20 at-bats. Marquegas has no walks and seven strikeouts uh, and 21 at-bats, which is just crazy for him. Um, they both, you know, they're the only two in the lineup that have an on-base percentage under 200. So that bottom of the lineup, you know, those two in particular for me have just been terrible, which I guess I'll, I'll pause now and, and get to the Pache conversation. <laughs> so I'll let Fred kind of go on that. I, I don't think Pache is going to take the place of either one of them, but it's just curious that Pache can't even get in at bat, Fred. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. You We were seven up. We're up seven nothing in the game, and he lets Marcakis go up there like getting the extra swings are going to do Nick any good. They're not. Okay, Nick is what Nick is. He's going to hit. If he wakes up and feels good, he's going to hit. If he doesn't, he's not. Why didn't they uh, Pache get a couple of at bats today? The kid might have got a couple of hits, and you'd have thought, hey, this might not be a bad idea. Let's play Pache. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Snit's going to ride his veterans. Uh, he's going to stay with his guys. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm really disappointed that they've missed the opportunity to give Pache at-bats and even Panda an at-bat. I mean, you know, what the heck? Uh, you're up seven runs, give Panda an at-bat. They, these guys, didn't, they're not going to be, be good sitting on the bench, taking a little batting practice and watching the games go on. They need, they need to get out there and throw just like I was happy to see Jacob Webb in the game today and throwing bullets, all right? I was happy to see that. Uh, Shane Green disappointed me, but Webb looked really good. And uh, I, I just think I think you've got to play these guys because you are going to need them in this seven-game series, and most of them haven't touched a bat. And that's a problem, uh, particularly when Pache is your future. Okay? If, if Pache is not your future, then don't play him. But if he is, he needs this experience, and, and he's not going to be worse than Nick. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to be worse than Nick or, or Duvall right now. But, you know, Alan, I... It's kind of telling to me that Pache is not getting at bats, and I'm not necessarily saying that that he should. I mean, I understand wanting to stick with your veteran, but not at least giving him a pinch hit appearance late in the game when you're you're up by seven. I don't understand that at all, and that was quite frustrating. Like I told you guys before, you know, I was trying not to get frustrated or mad when we're about to clinch a, you know, an NLDS, but I cannot believe that he didn't give Pache an at bat there. Um, late in that game, at least let him get his feet wet in the playoffs. Yeah, the, if you if you end up needing these guys, then they have to be able to produce. And if you don't give them a chance to do so in a game like this, then when? I mean, the answer is pretty clear, never. Um, so if you need them, they'll be coming in completely cold and having not even swung a bat except in BP for a couple of weeks. And you know, that's not a recipe for success. So, yeah. As far as the rest of the lineup goes, too, I think they would do well to go back and look at the video and how the Marlins were pitching Duvall and Riley and Mark Hakus and, to some extent, uh, Darno as well. But uh, for some some reason, Darno was able to figure out how to hit a double that was up in his eyes. I, I, I don't get that. But uh, for Duvall and Riley in particular, those guys were getting pitched up and could not lay off those pitches. If they can lay off those pitches and make uh, the the pitcher throw strikes, then they'll be a lot better off. But uh, chasing something that's that's up above the strike zone is not going to help them e- either. So 
I, I think that's part of uh, a big part of their issues right now. And I, I hope they can get, uh, figured out that, uh, how to recognize pitches that are coming up there and lay off them and, and see how it goes from there. But, uh, by and large, I mean, we've said all year, this is a deep lineup and you don't need everybody hitting all at once. And that was certainly the case in the Red Series and now in the Marlin Series. You needed enough guys to get enough runs to get past whatever offense the other guys were going to generate. Now, that works for the Reds and Marlins. I'm not sure that works entirely for the Dodgers because they've got a much deeper lineup of their own. They're going to be generating some runs. I don't think we're going to be shutting them out like a like we did the Marlins. And that's why I was saying that don't, you know, try and get the, the pitchers acclimated to the idea that they're going to give up some runs because it's going to happen. That's why we need to get the bottom of the lineup moving a little bit and, and figure and have them figure out how they're being pitched and how to combat it. Cause if they can do that, then we got a fighting chance. In the meantime, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Uh, Pache should have gotten out of bad. You gotta get Sandoval in that bad. Just something to, uh, get them a little exercise and, and remind them what it looks like to face real pitching. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, I think Fred was on there talking about Albies being a key in the series because, I mean, the guys at the top of the lineup have been getting on base. I mean, yeah, we all, you know, are hearing the, the Twitter burst go crazy about Freeman only having one hit coming into that third game, but, uh, he has the second highest on base percentage of anybody on the Braves in the postseason because he's walked five times and only struck out once, which is crazy. You know, he, he's had a little bit of bad luck on some of the balls he's, he's put in play and that, that'll happen. Uh, so I'm certainly not worried about Freddie and I don't think anybody in their right mind was ever actually worried about Freddie, but, uh, Twitter will do what Twitter do. You know, but Acuna's, he's getting on base. Travis is getting on base. Marcel is, is interesting because he's only hitting 227 in the postseason, but it seems like every time he, he gets a hit, it's a, it's a big hit. But he's he has no walks and ten strikeouts, which I guess you just kind of expect from Ozuna at this point. But you know the main point being what Fred's talking about. You know those guys at the top are getting on, and and you know if Ozzy can get going too and start driving those guys in, then it it just you know again lengthens lengthens this lineup uh, even more because Dansby's you know starting to get hot. Then you know as we've all kind of talked about, you get one of those guys at the bottom going too, and and that's when this lineup becomes uh, really dangerous. Turning to the Dodgers now and kind of looking at, at what they have, obviously you look at the stats, they led the league in, in everything, but I, I think if they do have one weakness, it's in the back of their bullpen. I think we saw it in game two of their series with the, the Padres. I, I think Kenley Jansen is no longer somebody that they can rely on in, in big situations. They're kind of had, having to rely on uh, Gratterall or Joe Kelly or, or maybe even um, Dustin May, if they're not using him as a starter, to come in and, and get some big outs in the back of in the back uh, end of games. Um, so, Alan, I think that's one small area maybe where you can uh, exploit the Dodgers a little bit. But other than that, there's really not a lot of weaknesses on that team. I will be curious to see if the vaunted back end of the game Braves offense can handle this back end of the game Dodger bullpen. Is I I think that may be a key uh, for all of this, 
yes, the Braves and Dodgers have the number one and two OPSs among uh, for teams in the National League. I think they're number one and two in runs scored as well, and it's not even particularly close. Um, they were um, the Dodgers are number one in ERA plus overall and for their team. Uh, the Braves are actually uh, just above league average there, but uh, certainly they've been pitching a lot better as of late, obviously. So, yeah, this this is a good matchup. This is worth watching, and I I hope that uh, baseball fans in general are, g- are going to watch this thing because I think it could be pretty entertaining. I hope that the Braves can put together some bursts of runs that uh, that catch the Dodgers by surprise and and take them out in a couple of games here at least. I think they're certainly capable, and I'm 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 just looking forward to it. I my my fear overall is the same as it's been all along, and that's that if the Braves are going to have a shot at getting to a World Series, they need to to get through the Dodgers and get through the Dodgers fairly quickly because after the first two or three or maybe possibly four games, their pitching becomes smoke and mirrors and. Yeah, while they can do that, uh, I don't know if it's sustainable and they need to be able to, to hopefully get through uh, a series like this and then again rest up like they're doing right now for the following week. That's the hope. Don't know if it's going to be executed, but that's, that's the recipe for success that they've got. Yeah, and, and Fred, the Braves are a team where you're just hoping your starter can give you four or five good innings and then you get to your bullpen. And uh, I think for the, the Braves in this series with the Dodgers, they're going to be trying to get to that bullpen as quickly as possible, trying to get um, Bueller out of that game or, or Kershaw out of the game uh, as quickly as possible and, and try to get to that bullpen because, like I said, I think that's the one place where the Braves can maybe have an advantage. Yeah, I think uh, Bueller's – you can get Bueller. He's not having a particularly good year, uh, or he hasn't so far, and uh, I don't think Dave Roberts is going to ride Bueller very hard. Uh, the pit, the, the blister thing has been an issue with him, and uh, I think that he'll use Gonzalez or however Gosnolan, whoever that guy's name is. I can't pronounce his name. Gonsolin. Apologies, Tony. Uh, you're a good guy, but I just can't say your name. Uh, I think Tony. he's going to use yeah Tony. <laughs> Tony. I think he's going to use Tony to back up uh, Bueller at least early on if Bueller has has trouble. Now, if Bueller goes six deep into the game or five deep into the game, then we'll probably see Gonzalez enter at Tony or whatever he's doing in game four. The middle of their bullpen uh, is, I don't know that the middle of the bullpen is anything but the back end to move forward a little bit. The guys are using to close the game now. Uh, Blake Trinan is out there, and he's throwing bullets again like he was a couple of years ago. Brewster Gatterall is out there throwing 100 miles an hour. Uh, Joe Kelly uh, is an idiot, uh, but he throws awful hard, too. I don't mind seeing him in the ninth inning because he's never been really good under pressure like that. Kenley Jansen's only going to face right-handed batters. He's only going to face right-handed batters. Freddie's never going to see Kenley Jansen at all. Uh, our left-handed, our switch hitters are never going to see Kenley Jansen at all because left-handed hitters are killing him. So the the, the lefties are going to see uh, Gratterall, Trinan, uh, Kelly, uh, or somebody else out of the bullpen. Uh, Baez, maybe if he's out there, I don't know who all's in their bullpen right now because I haven't watched all their games. But I've been watching the stats, and they're the, the big man at the end of the game is no longer the big man at the end of the game. He's they have set up their system so that they have pitchers matching up to parts of the lineup, and Kenley's going to see right-handed batters. You know, that's who he's going to see. The six, seven, and eight guy, he might face Acuna, but he's not going to face Freddie. 
Um, you know, he might see he might see Mark Kakis goes, yeah, he can probably handle Mark Kakis. So you might see him you might see him doing a Duval Mark Kakis Riley uh, Acuna thing, and then they're going to go get somebody else. But the, I think the Braves love fastballs, and these guys throw a lot of fastballs. They throw hard. We can we can square those up, but we can't swing at them. As Jake said, we can't swing at the ones Duvall. Duvall was so frustrated today. He was going to swing at that that last pitch for the bases loaded. He was going to swing in that if it had been above been above the catcher's head. Uh, the ball came in neck high, and he swung at that. He had no help and hope in the world of hitting anything 99 miles an hour at the letters. He's just not that good, particularly against right-handed pitchers. So that's what the, the the back at the very back end of the pen. It's going to be a question. It's going to be how they use them. Uh, and if they get to the ninth inning with uh, within three runs, you're not going to see uh, Kinley there. You're going to see Gratterall or Trinan or one of them guys. Uh, but I, I don't worry about the top of our lineup doing these guys. I don't. And if Ozzy's powered up in that five hole, I don't worry about Ozzy and the guy behind him because I think that you know, the, the batter in front actually makes the batter behind a little bit better if he's out there standing on second base looking up the pitcher's back, back of the pitcher's neck. I just think it's that way. Uh, maybe I'm over over emphasizing how much me, he means to the team, but I think he puts a charge in the team. And when Ozzy's running the bases, the team's better. So that's what I think about it. Yeah, uh, and I'm just I'm following the Padres and Dodgers game right now. Again, we record these on Thursday night, and um, the Dodgers had Dustin May go an inning and then took him out, which uh, a little interesting. I know he had already worked one inning earlier in this series, but. Um, yeah, they only had him go one inning, and now Urias is in the game. Um, so that's that's a little interesting. Again, I think how they they use their pitchers, specifically, you know, their bullpen guys, is going to be interesting. I think Fred's right on, and I heard him talking about it on on MLB Central. You know, the fact that they'll use their best pitchers when the best part of the other team's lineup's coming up. They don't look at a, a save being necessarily in the ninth inning. Again, you know, like Fred said, I think in the ninth inning, if you know Marquez and Duvall and Riley are coming up, then I think they'll they'll give Jansen a chance to get those guys. But if the lineup flips to Acuna, uh, they're going to bring in Kelly or Gratterall if he hadn't already pitched in that game. You know, just like they did in Game Two against the Padres. You know, they had Jansen in, but once the lineup flipped and Tatis came up, they they pulled him. So I think that's going to be uh, maybe the biggest thing to watch for the Braves in this series is is how they match up against that bullpen and how. Uh, that bullpen's used against them. I've been very critical of Dave Roberts in the past and the way that he's managed his bullpen in the in the playoffs in particular. Uh, I don't think he's been great at it. I think the talent of his team has, has bailed him out a lot of times. So we'll see how how that plays out during this series. But Alan, I'll kick it back to you. Just any any other last thoughts as we look ahead to this series? I don't know. Can I watch Tatis hit first? Yeah. <laughs> Bases are loaded, two outs. Padres have two runs in the inning. And if they're going to have a shot, he needs to not swing at that. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Never mind. Well, okay, that's only the first pitch. But anyhow, no, I, I even hesitate to make a prediction here because I just don't know how this is going to go against the Dodger hitters. And that's a function of this year and the fact that we haven't seen them like against our team this year. And that makes things a mystery for not just us as fans, but it obviously makes it a more um, bigger mystery for the teams going against one another. I think that does give an advantage to the pitchers overall. 
you, yeah, they throw a lot of fastballs. You got Kershaw with his big sweeping hammer curve. They haven't seen a curve like that. And maybe if they can get free to throw a few of them at him at batting practice this weekend, that might be something to do for getting ready. But I do think it's going to be close. I think that the Braves are going to surprise them, maybe. And I'm hoping that uh, they could be around at the end. But I'm also really, really hoping that if the Braves are going to take them out, that it's going to be quick and shock the world. And maybe they'll get some credit for that. But I, I do think that Atlanta's going to come in with a little bit of chip on its shoulder by being labeled as the huge underdogs, and I hope they take advantage of that motivation. If May only went one inning tonight, it could be because they didn't want Urias to face the, the those big right-handed bats at the top in the first inning, and they wanted them they wanted somebody to look at those right-handed bats that was right-handed, and then they want Urias to come back in and say, I mean, I'm just I'm spitballing here because I didn't watch any of it, I have not watched any of it, but if if that's what they did, then it seems to me that that was they used him as an opener to get Urias past the big bats the first time. Well, they they brought in somebody between May and. And Urias, so I have no idea what Roberts is doing. With his, well, he doesn't either. I mean, pitching, but. Yeah, you saw, I saw this, uh, and you probably saw it to do on it. So these guys, they think they overthink. They get all these statistics, and they overthink this. It cost Roberts a World Series, okay? All these guys do the imaginations with the numbers, and, oh, you know, he's got a .000421 chance, better chance if this guy's out there. Well, that's an infinitesimal chance. Okay, when you start getting past for the first digit, it it's not a big chance. And if your if your best guy's out there, lead your best guy out there. And I don't I think they just get so deep in these things, they get so wrapped up around the numbers that they forget that these are players, these are people, and they're going out and they know how to do this, or they wouldn't be there, but just let them do it. Uh, and that's one thing Snicker does. He lets these players play. Uh, and, uh, you know, unless they uh, do something really stupid, but he lets these players play because he trusts them, he believes in them, and he lets them go out and do their job. Now, sometimes he leaves them there too long, but I'd rather have him leaving them there too long than going out and taking a pitch, pitcher out of the game in four and two-thirds innings because the next guy hits right-handed pitchers really well, and this guy's only got him out four out of ten times or something. The way that they use statistics, some of these teams use statistics, they, and Roberts is a good example of this, just drives me batty. I think it was DeRosa who I was listening to this morning that said that these managers are, are managing the game at 3 p.m. <laughs> or, you know, before the, you know, 10 hours before the game's even started, they have it mapped out how it's going to go. And then, you know, no matter what happens in the game, they stick with that plan. And it's like they don't know how to make in game adjustments. I mean, if you got a pitcher in there, you know, Dustin May had a clean first inning against the Padres, you take him out, and now you're down two to one. If that was, you know, premeditated for him to just go one inning, you know, and he comes out and he throws a clean first inning. And again, I wasn't watching the game. I don't know exactly what it looked like. I just know he didn't give up any runs, but throw him back out there for another inning. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, don't here, remember, I don't understand. Here's a, t- here's a telling tweet that I've, I found. Somebody says, feels like Dave Roberts is overmanaging the crap out of this game and it's only the second inning. Right. Yeah. So I, there you go. Yeah. He's done that. He's done that in the postseason. Every postseason, I understand the need for this stuff. I really do. But at some point, you have to have somebody who. That's why I liked Ron Washington. Uh, you know, uh, the, these guys who've been it and been there and done it, they can look at a player's eyes and know what he can do. And you can't tell that in statistics. These are people. They're not numbers. And people make statistics. Statistics don't don't tell people how to do it. 
you know, you can predict a trend, but you can't tell me that the statistics told them that Madison Bumgarner should go out there and pitch five innings of relief and win the World Series. No statistic would have told you that, and yet he did it. And and that's the point. You have a Bochy or a Cox or a Ron Warsh, and these guys can look at a player and know, and we just have too many managers now who get dive into that number and all they they're got spreadsheets in their ears and they're just that's all they know and that Based, that to me is bad. And how many innings would Kyle Wright have done today had he Ryan even gone Stitcher to the second inning? Whenever he exactly. ran, he wouldn't have made it all the second inning. Exactly, second inning. And and you know the the thing that Snitker understands that and is I can I criticize his bullpen use I do and sometimes it drives me crazy, but what Snitker understands is first of all who's he going to put in this better. <laughs> and if he loses today, he's got to win tomorrow. And he's got to—he's got this guy out there, and he knows he can pitch. And he just sent Kranitz out and said, "Tell the kid he can pitch." And he went out and said, "Take a deep breath. You can pitch." And and Darno said, "You just put throw what I put down, and we'll be fine." And they were out of the inning. They did that. They got got him a five run lead. He got winded in sales and took off. Yeah, and after that, it wasn't a problem. Now part of that's uh, the Marlins' heads dropped, but again. Those guys are good. Some of those guys are good hitters. When when O'Day got uh, Matt Joyce ground out last night on that uh, that ball to first base on the first pitch, that was the old pro and the old pro. He threw it in a place that Joyce could not swing at it, and he, he couldn't do anything with it at the same time. Yeah. And Joyce didn't hold off on it, and I'm sure he cussed himself all the way back to the dugout because O'Day got him. But that's, you know... You've just got to let the kids play, let the players play, and they'll create numbers for you. Well, now that we've ranted on Dave Roberts, um, but that was, <laughs> that was a great, great conversation, and I think it's very pertinent to the series coming up. But, um, Fred, did you have any other thoughts on the series, and do you think they add Rafael Ortega to the roster to face Dustin May? <laughs> I, I don't think he'll come there this year. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a roster change. Um they're going into a longer series. I don't know what who it would be because I think they've got everybody there they might need. But I, I, I think that they're pretty well locked and loaded. I think what you saw is what you're going to see. Uh, I don't have any idea what they'll do in game four. I'm not sure they know yet, but I'm sure they're working on that. What I really want to see is I want to see the Braves play well. If they're If they play well, if they don't, do anything really grotesquely out of order, um, and they get beat by the best team in the National League uh, on paper this year, uh, I don't feel so bad. What bothers me is you go out there and uh, you start throwing belt baseballs away and giving away outs and walking too many people and, and giving away outs, giving them extra outs, because this team will kill you if they give them extra outs. But I just want them to see what they've done all year. They play hard. They don't make mistakes. They do their very best. And they walk off the field at the end of the day with their head high, knowing, by God, they may have beat us, but we played well. And that's all I want to see. I definitely agree with that. I mean, like Alan said, I'm expecting a a fight from the Braves. Hopefully they can um, prove some people wrong. And I, I think they can win this series. You know, I really do. I'm not as scared of their pitching as a lot of people are. Uh, I think like we talked about, I think you can get to, to Bueller. Um, Kershaw has been on a, on another world this year, but you know, Padres got to him for three runs. And, you know, I, I think if we get three runs off him with the way our pitching has been, I mean, uh, again, it's really just keeping us in the game 
you know, through those early innings till we can get to the bullpen. So I think it's going to be a good series. I, I hope it's a good series. Like you said, Fred, I just want to see the Braves play like they have all year. I want to see them play, you know, good, you know, competitive, clean baseball. I don't want to end on the downer here, but the strikeouts do kill me. And I think that could become a problem in this series if, if the home runs don't come. The Padres um, got the Kershaw for three runs in six innings. We get the Kershaw for three runs in six innings. They're in trouble. Right. Yep. Now, like I said, it, the, the main thing for our offense or whichever defense is just to, to keep it close. Um, and again, like we talked about with the, with the Dodgers bullpen, we're just hoping that we can get to that bullpen with a chance and, and do what Braves have been doing all year and really been doing for the past three years. So really looking forward to this series. Um, really hoping this is the year the Braves can, you know, they got over that first hump of getting out of the NLDS. Now hopefully they can take down the, the Kings of the, the National League and take down the Dodgers and move on to the World Series. I just think that would be a lot of fun and just a huge accomplishment for, for this group. It's easy to sit back and say, you know, well, if we had Soroka or well, if we had Hamels, but, you know, they don't and they're still, they're still getting the job done. And I think that's just a real, Credit to this team, uh, to Snicker, um, and, and the way that he gets those guys ready and the way they play for him. So, um, really looking forward to it. Um, guys, before we get out of here, um, Alan, any other thoughts from you? No, what you just said. I think I'm proud of the Braves because they're doing all this despite the fact that they're a little undermanned on the pitching side. I, I'm proud of them for what they've done. I'm proud of what they're going to do. And the future in the next couple of years is really looking bright. I, I like what I'm seeing. Yep, absolutely. So we'll, we'll end it there on a good note before Fred says something bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Good move. Uh, yeah. Um, but make sure you check out TomahawkTake.com for all the daily content we drop on the site. And as always, make sure that you subscribe to the Tomahawk Take podcast. Uh, we appreciate uh, all the support that we get from you guys there and on uh, Twitter as well. Um, and make sure that you uh, continue to come back to us. Uh, make sure that you, you fr- find Fred in the comment sections on TomahawkTake.com. A lot of good conversations going on there. Um, but until then, we'll uh, talk to you next week. This, the 33rd edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast on the coming National League Championship Series, has been a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC a subsidiary of Minute Media, Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are those of the participants alone. Minute Media disavows all of them. All rights reserved. Some of the musical selections used today come to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. These are pieces by Kevin McLeod entitled Mr. Expedition, and Pilot Air. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by TomahawkTick.com. Hey, thanks for putting up with us today, and hopefully you aren't looking at our analytics when deciding whether to keep listening. See you next inning. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.